Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, the Chair of Communication Studies at Emerson College, and today we're here for Payne on Politics and very excited to have America's favorite pollster, Spencer Kimball, who's the director of the Emerson Polling Program. Spencer, this was a very, very busy week. We had primaries in Idaho, Kentucky, Oregon, also North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and I'm wondering, what, did, what were the takeaways from you? Well, Dr. Payne, it's a pleasure to be with you today. And uh, I, I'll say, let's kind of focus in right now on the eastern part of the country, taking a look at North Carolina and Pennsylvania. I think in that North Carolina primary, you saw the power of a Trump endorsement with Ted Budd winning by about 33 points. Uh, the polling all showed him pulling away over the course of the election. But uh, this was supposed to be a much more competitive race, uh, especially early on. But after that endorsement, we saw Bud up by double digits, and then he was able just to extend that lead. Conversely, we take a look at Pennsylvania, where you see a Trump endorsement doesn't get that type of reaction in the Mehmet Oz case. Uh, this is in the U.S. Senate race. So what's fun about looking at that Pennsylvania result is that you have the governor's race there with Mastriano, who in the polling was up by 10, 11 points. Then he gets the Trump endorsement the weekend of the election. We see it in our numbers. He jumps up to 18. He ends up winning by about 22, 23 points when, when all said and done. So I believe that endorsement really did help out in that situation. But when we look at Oz, it almost looks like Oz had a ceiling. And that 31, 30 32% was about what his his ceiling was, and we based that on the question about name recognition. And he had a very high unfavorable, out of the three candidates, McCormick, Barnett, and Oz, he had the lowest popularity uh, amongst Republican primary voters. And so it looks like he wasn't really able to get or extend his lead. And what it appears happened is Barnett, who was, who was catching him, at the end seems to have faded a little bit, and now McCormick was able to take that centrist position. Now, McCormick was, in our numbers, the strongest candidate prior to the endorsement, so he was able to hold on to that vote, just not able to, at this point, take it over the top, though obviously it's within 1,000 points or so, 1,000 votes, and so we'll see how uh, the final results turn out. Certainly closer than expected for McCormick. So, Spencer, I know that Maggie Haberman and others picked up and were tweeting about the fact that your poll showed so many people that were undecided. Could you talk a little bit about that and where you think those went on Election Day? Well, from looking at our numbers, that 14, 15% that were undecided going into the weekend seemed to have broke for McCormick. Uh, if you just look, we had Oz ranging between about 28 and 32. We had Barnett ranging between about 24 and 27. Both those candidates fall within that range. It was McCormick that we had ranging between 21 and 26, and he exceeded that range up at 31. So he's the one who really benefited at the end. And part of it could be is just how nasty that race became, particularly the way the media was portraying Barnett. And with Oz, it almost created a opportunity for McCormick to come up uh, the center lane 
and be able to take the nomination that way. Obviously, we'll see how it all turns out, but uh, an interesting race to, to see, particularly in light of what we saw in the governor's race, where Mastriano, who was a solid candidate, took the endorsement and lifted it up to a 20-plus point victory. Here, Oz, if he gets through this, will be less than a tenth of a point. Okay, a couple questions on that. Mastriano is someone who was there on January the 6th. He sometimes talks about there's almost like a Masonic type of uh, calling that he's doing God's work. Um, How do you see that type of candidate faring against, of course, a very, very popular Democratic candidate? Well, we'll have to shift gears, obviously, as we go into the general election, and that's not until November 8th. But uh, just coming out of the primaries, and they're still in the primaries because we haven't decided who actually got the nomination yet uh, on the Senate side, but we'll have to see what happens on the Republican side. They seem to be tacking to the right. Uh, J.D. Vance up in uh, Ohio shifts to the right uh, against, you know, maybe like a, you know, a more centrist type of candidate. Uh, obviously, we have Missouri coming up in a couple of weeks, and we'll take a look to see how the state uh goes in, the, or the Republican Party goes in that direction. But, um, you know, what we're seeing in, in the early races is that they seem, the Republicans seem to be tacking to the base. And uh, we'll obviously have to wait to see what happens in the general elections to see how that plays out against what's probably going to be a weak year for Democrats. I think one other question about uh, Pennsylvania, you saw APAC uh, through a couple of other, uh, I think, uh, entities funding candidates and they really didn't seem to be talking about support for Israel which is a very very important part uh, what's what was that all about well what we're seeing is a lot of outside money in politics uh, the the case law is in line with super PACs in fact when we go to um, what was the race where Nevada, you, you just have million, or, or Illinois, we were just in Illinois, you have Pritzker, who's a billionaire, you have two Republican candidates in Bailey and Irvin who are being supported by billionaires. So these billionaires can write checks and create you know, their own campaigns where you don't really have to go to the public to raise money, you don't need to use matching funds. And so I think the whole political system is changing under our feet because of the amount of money that individuals can give and really impact these races. So Spencer, I know you're very, very busy. We've got one last question. I know you've got Georgia, you've got Alabama, and we'll be talking to you about that. But I would like to go back. Uh, President Trump did endorse a very young congressman down in North Carolina who's gotten himself into some, I would say, squabbles, not necessarily liked by some of the establishment. Uh, Why do you think uh, that the the endorsement for uh, Madison didn't uh, end up as a victory on Election Day? Well, I think that's a late endorsement to come, and the momentum had already pulled away from Madison. Uh, I think uh, you had some media uh, hype around him that he wasn't able to get ahead of, and you had a popular candidate to compete against and, and a lot of money. And so I think with that storm... Uh, some in the party, Republican Party, thought he would be more of a, a hindrance or a weakness to the rest. And within a primary system, you're more likely to knock out somebody than in a general election because of the gerrymandering and partisanship of
of what the districts look like. It's easier to beat a conservative Republican or a liberal Democrat in a primary where that base of votes going to come out than in a general election where it's a more moderate electorate. And we see that pretty consistently across party lines. If you're going to knock out within, it's generally within the primary. Uh, just look up here in Massachusetts. That's how Seth Moulton became a congressman. He was able to knock out tyranny within a primary. Uh, the Republicans weren't able to beat tyranny in a general. We are very fortunate to have had Spencer Kimball. We'll be bringing back uh, America's favorite pollster for, I think you're going to be doing a, a slew of polls in the future. Uh, this is Gregory Payne on politics. And I think one thing you can take away today is, as Jess Unruh said, money is the mother's milk of politics. See you soon. Mm-hmm.